Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. Welcome to another giant radioactive episode of the Kaiju Cast, a monthly podcast that is 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber suited foes. I am Kyle, and this is episode number 20 for the month of August 2010. And uh, we'll be squeaking in at the very last possible minute, I'm sure. In this episode, we'll be playing some music, including some requests. We're going to talk about some news items, get. Uh, all discussy with the second Heisei Mothra film for this month's Daikaiju discussion. And we have a special guest in the all-new KaijuCast headquarters this month. Martin Vavra is back. Say hello, Martin. Hey, guys. How's it going? And uh, we're going to shoot the Shobijin. We're going to talk about uh, how things are going, basically, with his ongoing introduction to the Giant Monster Fest here. We're going to start off with a request block with some of the songs I just didn't get to from last month's episode. Uh, starting with Dinosaur by King Crimson for Robert.
have it folks we just played uh king crimson's dinosaur which was uh for robert and then uh after that i played operation final war for bill from the 2004 godzilla final wars and uh followed that up with manor astro man's popcorn crabula for some guy named kyle who really wanted to hear that last month uh for our shrimp infused episode yes i am talking about me uh, but now, you know, this is the time when we turn to face. Actually, I'm already facing him because I've got my new setup here. Uh, turn to face the guest this month. Uh, listeners should be very familiar with his voice by now because Martin Vavra has been to almost all of the Daikaiju discussions, which means that he's uh, spent hours sitting around watching dudes in rubber suits beat the snot out of each other. Welcome back, Martin. Oh, I'm I'm glad to be back. Yeah, I'm I'm the guy that the hardcore fans go, oh man, him again. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard anybody complain about any of my guests before. So I'd imagine that in the past year and a half since you moved up here to Portland, you've probably seen more monster movies than you knew even existed. So uh, how's that all going for you? You know, feel free to be as critical as you like about the films and the film style and all that good stuff. So in on all honesty, um, I look forward to the kaiju movie every month. I really, really do. And there's Woo-hoo. been a couple that I've that I've missed due to uh, calendar conflicts and whatnot. And even if I don't enjoy the movie, um, similar to this last one, and you know we'll talk about that or they'll hear about that, I still have a really good time. I still enjoy being able to get together and watch these. The anticipation for the movie. Even if the movie doesn't pay off for me, the anticipation is enough that it totally makes it worthwhile. <laughs> but is it about the payoff? I mean, really, it's Godzilla. Actually, it's not always Godzilla, as we found out this this month. Mm-hmm. You know, and we we've, we've seen other ones before, but actually, you have been notably absent for two of the other films, which were non Godzilla. You weren't here for Wrath of uh, Daimajin. Yes, which and is you one I still want you to see. were not here for uh, Gamera, the very first Gamera movie. Oh, is that the one I missed? Yeah, okay. that's the other one you missed. I'll, now, let's see. Let's see if I made a list here. So let me see. what You've seen Godzilla Final Wars, mm-hmm. which was the first 
uh, movie we had in discussion. Yeah. Which I, was the last movie. It's the, the, right, yeah. <laughs> it's just weird. Yeah. I, the, randomization, the what can I say, right? So uh, then you also, I, sh- I uh, showed you Godzilla vs. Destroyer once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you seemed confused with that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you saw Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster, which was last month's movie. You've mm-hmm. seen The Smog Monster, which was, the I believe, the one before that that you came to. Uh, there was also Godzilla versus Gigan. Did you see Godzilla versus Biollante? Yes, I saw okay, Biollante. Right, and uh, now you've seen Mothra too. Mm-hmm. Am am I missing any from that list? Then it doesn't have to be just with what you've seen from me. Like, well, and we also saw before the list even happened, we saw um, the uh, the Space Godzilla. Oh, so I did show you Space Godzilla. Yeah, we we watched Space Godzilla. Part part of, part of my brain says that I've never shown that movie to anyone ever. I requested that one <laughs> I know because you did. I saw the movie poster and I was like, "How can that not be cool? He's got crystals like growing out of his shoulders." I know it's bizarre. Actually, since you're in this new setup here, mm-hmm. so the poster is up there, right? So see how he has sort of like a yellowish belly and greenish stuff going yeah. on. See the toy over there. Uh-huh. He's based off of that poster. That's the Trendmasters US version of the toy. Oh, okay. And somewhere in here, I don't I don't see him, but somewhere in here. That's a I do have the Japanese figure. uh the Japanese version as well where he's just kind of blue with purple belly and stuff, so. Was he blue in the movie? Yeah, yeah. He I didn't, didn't have all that yellow and red stuff going on. He's like really has like a really purplish sort of under underbelly. Hmm, okay. And he's a dark blue dark blue so like where godzilla is pretty much black space godzilla is sort of like dark blue and he's got the giant crystals and i i still love those crystals man i think they're really cool looking and it's really a cool suit like i i totally will give you that one it was i think if i were to go back and watch that one again it would probably be better just because i think i have a little bit better understanding of of the movies and how they all play out and stuff i don't i don't think my litmus it's test possible. is very fair <laughs> it's yeah. possible i don't that's uh there are a few movies you know how i always talk about like oh my favorite movies from this era and that era well there are definitely my least favorite movies from sure. those eras and from from the heisei series it, it's godzilla versus space godzilla mm-hmm. that's only just because of the story though i mean i totally love the design and call me crazy but like the little godzilla little mm-hmm. babyish yeah. godzilla and that the super deformed look to him i don't really have too much of a problem with that it's kind of stupid but you know mm-hmm. i guess they got to get the ladies in and the kids in somehow <laughs> right <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> cutesy godzilla certainly we're trying to do that with a rebirth of mothra too so. oh yeah uh, uh yeah. yes more to come on that yeah so uh, what about anything else like anything pre-kyle kind of like i know you said you might have remembered catching a little bit here or there but like since you've been hanging around with me and since you've seen stuff around anything well, uh, any m- monsters look familiar oh yeah well so back in the day i saw gamma versus Giron. Oh yeah, yeah. And then and then I saw the Mystery Science Theater version of Gamma versus Giron. And then we saw the the was that at the Baghdad theater? Oh no, the Hollywood, the Hollywood theater, theater, yeah. Yeah. For those of you that are listeners, there's this really great theater here in town that that uh, really supports independent filmmakers as as well as other endeavors and these folks did uh, a complete live performance of all the sound work 
while Giron played uh, Gamma versus Giron played in the background. Yeah, I, I covered that sort of in one episode. I talked yeah. to Galen Huckins, who's the coordinator for that group. Yeah, film and, music, and that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of that really, really was a was. lot of fun. And they did another one here recently, and I and I think I missed that one. Yeah, they just did Hercules, I believe. No, they did Gulliver's Travels. Recently. Oh, okay. Hercules was a long time ago. They did mm-hmm. Gulliver's Travels, and I missed it. Yeah, should not have missed it, but I missed it. I will. Uh, I think they're doing something else sometime soon mm-hmm. as well. I'm looking. I keep looking at their calendar now. See, and I'm looking forward to uh, some. King Ghidra's because you're a big King Ghidra fan, aren't you? Yes and no. King Ghidra is one of the monsters that they've they've used so much that I kind of I have an issue with them using overusing King Ghidra. Mm-hmm. You know, he was in Ghidra the Three Headed Monster, and then he was in Monster Zero, and then he, they brought him back for Destroy All Monsters, and then he was in Gigan, and then just you know, oh, it's just got a lot of movies that he's part of. Yeah, and I don't have a. I mean, I know he's popular, and he's like sort of like one of the ultimate villains for Godzilla, and so I like him because he's a great villain. I just don't like it to see him overused, mm-hmm. which they Toho tends to do. So, like where Jeff like likes to complain that I bash Mothra, I like <laughs> feel the exact same way about Ghidra. Yeah, you know, except for the fact that Ghidra's a very opposed, <laughs> very uh, imposing opponent. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> but I'm not going to say anything bad about Mothra during this episode. <laughs> okay. I, I won't either. But yeah, no, Ghidra's, Ghidra's cool. I mean, I have several Ghidra figures around for sure. And, you know, eventually I'd like to get... Um, uh, they've, there's uh, there's one sort of like... I think it's the birth of Ghidra where he's sort of coming out of the flames. It looks really cool. Now, what's the six-headed version that you have that looks like it's sculpted on the same kind of a Ghidra type of design, but... Actually, my friend, that's actually an eight-headed version. Is that one eight? That's Orochi the Eight-Headed Dragon from a movie called Yamato Takeru. And all of those are, those guys are actually up there because I've never been able to display that. Mm-hmm. And so they're, that's the poster that they're kind of sitting in front of. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they've... And, and even Degarla, the monster in um, Rebirth of Mothra, mm-hmm. too sort of has some Ghidra-esque qualities, although um, when we were watching it, I did not, I sort of like backed down from the stance that, you know, Degarla was another Ghidra clone because mm-hmm. really not so much. But there's Death Ghidra, Grand King Ghidra, this one right here, mm-hmm. and lots Isn't of there, Ghidras. All right, and this is probably going to show my ignorance. Isn't there a, a mechanized one? Is there a Mecha yeah. Ghidra? Yes, there is. Mecha oh, yeah, King Ghidra for the 1991 Godzilla versus King Ghidra where Ghidra gets defeated by Godzilla and then some time travel stuff happens and then mm-hmm. Mecha King Ghidra comes to defeat Godzilla. Nice. Yes. Lots of Ghidra, <laughs> as, as you can see. <laughs> um, but it's, I mean, Ghidra's a great opponent and uh, I don't uh, I don't really have a problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so like what's been your favorite so far of all the movies we've seen, like where, where are you sitting as far as like, what's been, I mean, has it been final wars? Has it been the smog monster? I know it wasn't Geigen, you know, (laughs) I, I don't think I, I can really pick one that was a favorite one. There's, um, I have to tell you, uh, I enjoyed Biolante. And I think it was the whole idea of what they tried to do for that monster yeah. and what they did. And um, 
And, and you know, and that one took on transformations. And I think one of the biggest the one of the biggest uh, hangups that I've had is some of the monster transformations that they do in there. Um, the aggregate stages of the monster yeah, development, and it's uh, mostly because I don't because I haven't seen them before, and I don't know ahead of time. You know, it'll uh, we'll be like two thirds of the way into a movie, and then all of a sudden it's like, wow, this you know this thing's splitting into multiple personalities, and it's doing yeah. all sorts of weird things, or it's got you know it pulls out the the mega shoulder cannons grow out, and it's like, well, why didn't you do that here five minutes ago when you were getting your butt kicked? By, yeah. You know? So it's those things I'm having to I, like I'm getting used to those and what but I there was something about the Biolante that I really liked I I liked the idea like how do you make a, a gigantic rose a bad bad <laughs> thing you know and yeah. and it was it was a pretty cool attempt and then the the uh, the version of Biolante that they had where it's actually got the the big head and the teeth and the the tentacles with the mouths on them and stuff like that yeah. was was pretty well done it was pretty cool I I kind of always I think of Biolante as sort of that the first form that you see her in mm-hmm. with the rose uh, petals the giant rose petals it's almost like when those things get bolted bolted when those things get burned off or you know they fall off she's molt i think they say she's molting at one oh, yeah, point molting, yeah. and uh like when that stuff falls away that's when you have sort of like the raw nasty looking monster underneath mm-hmm. yeah biolante is you know as people heard me say before biolante is a beautiful beautiful design yeah biolante is really cool and that's that's one of those that i think uh that's extremely bold like to to be the guy that says yeah so godzilla's next bad guy is a gigantic rose that has the soul of a little girl in it and you know that's a that's a a pretty bold move to have to do but i thought it was pretty cool so yeah and i i did like smog monster smog monster is great fun it it yeah it was like total schlocky fun i really enjoyed (laughs) smog monster did we watch the subtitled version of that I think we did. I don't remember. I think it was subtitled. Yeah. You know, there are two versions of that. Uh, there are three versions of that movie, technically, if you count the Japanese version. And then there are two dubbed versions. One is by a company called American International Pictures, the AIP dub. And the other, I believe, is Titra, Titra Sound. Um, and both of them, you know, they use different actors, obviously, in, in their productions. And a lot of people prefer the AIP dubs and I don't know if it's it's cuz they're actually better done or if it's because they uh maybe are harder to find and so people are like oh I like the one I saw when I was a kid yeah I I personally like the AIP dub better just Did sounds we see cool. the Tetra one? No, I'm pretty sure we watched the subtitled version of that the su- movie. Oh, yeah. subtitled, okay. Pretty sure we watched the subtitled one. Mm-hmm. It's I think that we watched that because I hadn't seen it mm-hmm. in that in that form before. But yeah, it's uh it's interesting those those older movies to me speak uh more towards a nostalgia when they're dubbed. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's good to watch the subtitled version of the movie and I enjoy it for sure, but I just there's something about watching those dubbed movies that I'm like, ah, that's like that's how I remember seeing it for the first time. Like Yeah. It makes it cooler to me. But uh, what about uh, to the future? Looking to the future, are there any movies that you know of that you're like, oh, I really want to see that film? Um, yes, Destroy All Monsters. Oh, 
excellent choice, sir. Well, and that's why I want to see it, because everyone says excellent choice. Like, that seems to be a very pinnacle movie that has come up, and so I, I really I want to see that one, because that one's... It's on the. It's kind of on the lines of Final Wars, like where there's just all the monsters are out there. It's like a giant go for it kind of a thing. Yeah, and that's exactly what it was like. It's like Toho was having some problems with uh, attendance, mm-hmm. and they thought, well, if we throw all this stuff into this one movie, maybe it'll pay off. And and so they put all these monsters and made a big story. And it was. I love that film so much. I mean, it's definitely ranks as probably number two in the Showa era. And definitely in the top five of all time, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's we're probably far, far, far away from that. We could watch yeah. that tonight, man. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. The what about uh, other monsters? I mean, like you said, you missed the Wrath of Demijin, which is the the one with the kids. Anyway, that's the third yeah. film. And well, it's and uh, sort of when I mean, you could almost say it's like when the movies get cheesy. But since they made all the films in like one year, yeah, those are like. Some people think, you know, watching kids on screen is kind of annoying. So the, the other two Daimajin films are are adult, you know, uh, oriented, I guess. You, no, that sounds terrible. <laughs> that sounds like, I'm, <laughs> that sounds like a bad those, movie. Yeah. And I don't talk about that stuff <laughs> on this show. Uh, no, the, the other two are just, you know, more mature. Mm-hmm. They don't involve the kids. I'm I, I'm interested in seeing more of the Mecha Godzilla, which I don't know how many there are. We saw we saw Space Godzilla, but there was story there that I didn't know, and so you yeah. had to do like a quick fill in to at least keep me up to date. And there was also like, you know, and the thing is, every time they like deploy Mecha Godzilla, he kind of gets whooped and then goes back in, and like there's just all this stuff that didn't really make a lot of sense. And I kind of yeah. would like to be able to go back and and know. What was happening? Well, in the Showa series, there's a lot. There are a lot of movies that don't require that backstory. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, they're just compartmentalized into one film, and it's not a it's not a bad thing. I mean, there's sort of a uh, continuity going with the Showa era. I mean, people kind of assume that in Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster, it's the same Godzilla as Godzilla vs. Monster Zero, but you know, we they don't ever actually say. Unless there are monsters from the previous movie, they don't actually say that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get Mothra and you get Rodan and you get uh, King Ghidra and some of the other monsters who have, um, they they have reappearances in these other movies. But for the most part, you could sit down and say, let's watch Destroy All Monsters and you won't be lost. Mm-hmm. You won't say, I don't know who these people are. Have we seen them before? Is this Are these people new? For the most part, everybody you see on the screen, that's the first time that actor has played that character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I seem to remember you saying something about the yokai films too. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I would like to see the yokai films. I think uh, because I was recently reminded that I have the power to <laughs> move around <laughs> movies on my on my list we might take whatever the October movie is mm-hmm. and shuffle it somewhere else. And then we might have a yokai monster marathon and just have like a big nice powwow afterwards. I like it. Those are fantastic movies. Even the kid one, in my opinion is mm-hmm. just like actually one of the best of the three. So yeah, and that, that one's, is that, does that end with yokai wars? Is that it's, it's uh 
The first one is Yokai Hyako Managatori, which basically stands for hunt, means hundred ghost tail. Mm-hmm. And then the second one is Yokai Daisenso, which is uh, spook warfare, as it's known. Uh, and then the third one, whose name I can't pronounce unless I see it in front of me. Mm-hmm. It's like Yokai. To I forget it. Anyway, that means uh, along the Tokaido Highway. Ghosts along the Tokaido Highway, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's called, uh, the DVD is called Along with Ghosts. And so that's the third one. But then there was a remake of, in a, you know, quotation marks, remake of uh, Spook Warfare mm-hmm. as the Great Yokai War. Oh, okay. And that was in 2005. That was Takashi Miike, the same mm-hmm. guy who did uh, Ichi the Killer. Right, yep. It's a really good film, but it's completely different, not really a remake. Oh, okay. Yeah. Reimagining. We got lots and lots of stuff to watch, man. <laughs> yeah, we do. And you know what? Part of me has wondered if in some silent way deep down inside this this has all been uh this has been your Mr. Miyagi moment <laughs> toward me, knowing that uh, as 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 much as I've 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 tried to direct and I want to be a film director, you're going to like release me ultra on Q on Sunday. ultra Q off <laughs> that's right <laughs> I'm gonna teach you the real ways I make a movie that's right I didn't really have any other questions for you man you have any any questions for me since we're sitting in front of each other uh you know I uh well and I guess if you know going out to your listeners on this one you know if, if there are times when when anyone you know is you know, wondering about the outside guy. Cause I, I kind of feel a little bit like I'm the outside person on the whole, uh, forum of people that are watching all this. I, I can see that. I, I mean, sometimes we're sitting there and I'm like, Jeff, you've seen this before, right? Saying you've seen this before, right? <laughs> Cindy, Cindy, you've, you've seen, seen this before, before right? <laughs> Martin, I know you haven't seen this one before. <laughs> you've never seen this before. Um, I really love this. I think this is a grand experiment. I'm having a blast <laughs> with the whole thing. <laughs> the grand experiment. That's on a hidden page, only available to special members of Kaiju Cast right. listeners. It's the whole tracking of uh, how how this experiment's going. Just send $999 to... <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> no animals were tested during the making of these films. <laughs> Only one human. <laughs> That's right. No, it's a, it's a lot of fun. And, and so uh, hopefully uh, there are a few people that kind of slightly appreciate the fact that I'm, I'm building my own appreciation for these. And some are, some are, many are hits and, and some are misses, but I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. Well, if Jody made it more often, she'd be in the same boat. Yeah. In fact, I think you've seen more Godzilla movies than she has now. So ah, but we're we're not dating, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Okay, and Jody, you know, she never listens to the show, so I can I can razz her about it here, but she'll never hear it. So I got to razz her about it in real life. Be like, hey, you know, Martin's seen more Godzilla movies than you now. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Get it? And but, I listen to the show. And you listen to the show. So you're a true fan and a friend, my friend. I am. Now, yeah. See, I, I'm all redundant and stuff. <laughs> uh, but speaking of coming over and watching movies and uh, the Daikaiju discussions, let's go ahead and do the Daikaiju discussions. Once again, class, it is time for our Daikaiju discussions. Every month, the Kaiju cast will showcase one particular film in the giant monster landscape and task the listeners with submitting thoughts, questions, and reviews for the following episode. Uh, Thanks to an online tool, I've randomly assigned one movie to each month, solidifying that this show will keep going for a long, long time. 
This month, we continue our aquatic adventures with the 1997 Mosura Sukaite no Daikaisen, a.k.a. Mothra 2, The Undersea Battle, a.k.a. Rebirth of Mothra 2. I don't exactly know what the story is with the whole rebirth addition to the title, but that's why they, that's what they call it here. The film was directed by Kunio Miyoshi, written by Masumi Sutane, and uh, it says, according to Wikipedia, it says Tomoyuki Tanaka, um, but I don't really understand how that happened because he died the same year. So I'm not sure if he was involved or wasn't involved, but I digress. The film stars Sayaki Yamaguchi and Megumi Kobayashi as Laura and Maul, the cosmos for this trilogy. Um, Aki, uh, uh, I screwed that up. Aki Hano as Belvera. And uh, while there are other people in this film, let's just glaze over them this time. The film was scored by Toshiyuki Watanabe. The second in the Heisei trilogy, this film features not only a bevy of humans, but also a lot of creatures as well, including Degarla, the Barum, uh, Gogo, and a new aquatic version of everyone's favorite gigantic moth. While there may not be a lot of logic behind this film, it was definitely a kid's movie. And when I say that, keep in mind that I don't consider normal Godzilla films to fall into that category. Uh, while Godzilla films tend to be unrealistic because we don't have giant radioactive monsters in real life, the Mothra films just throw that loose base of science and chronology that we have with the Godzilla films, and they just toss it out the window in the effort of entertaining small children. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But before I get further off track, let's listen to what the group had to say. So I'm sitting here with Martin... Jeff and Cindy, we just finished watching Rebirth of Mothra 2, which uh, I don't know if you guys know about this, but the rebirth thing, that doesn't seem to be in the title when you see the Japanese characters. It just says Mothra 2. So uh, I was actually a little more impressed by this film than I thought I was. I know some very specific things that I'd like to go over, but Jeff, since you're holding the microphone, how did you feel about this film? I like this film. It's a lot of fun. Um, you know, I'll tell you what I like about it is it's extremely fast paced. And from the minute, uh, you know, Mothra shows up to fight Dagara, it's like a nonstop battle pretty much from the last half of the film. And there's really not a lot of dialogue in this film at all. And, uh, I mean, it's just extremely fast paced and a lot of fun. And Mothra has a couple transformations, which are, uh, pretty cool. So I enjoy it. You know, it's definitely, um, you know, childish and, and made for kids. But uh, it, it's, a, it's a guilty pleasure, I'll say. Definitely a lot of fun. Martin, what did you like about the film? What did you think? Tell me your thoughts. I enjoyed absolutely no aspect of, the f- of this film whatsoever. <laughs> and that... And that's okay, man. You can you can totally yeah, have your which own is why I've said it. nothing up to this point. <laughs> I I really like. I thought uh, uh, the uh, the suit of Dagara was really well made. I I thought it was a for the most part. I like when it gets to the big kind of large fanned out major body portion of it and all of that. It seemed a little extreme, but like that the head and the mouth and and all of that stuff. I thought the the pyramid. Um, exterior was designed really well. I thought that was really neat. And and its destruction, like a lot of the breaking and all of that that they did in that particular part was done really well. I, I liked that, but it, it just it couldn't end fast enough. 
I will say that the movie, I didn't time it. I'm assuming it's about 90 minutes long. It seemed a little long towards the end. I think because that last, the battle from, you know, as soon as Mothra and Degarla start their battle, it's like a lot of action intercut. So, like, even though the battle stops and, you know, Degarla is attacking the pyramid, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on inside the pyramid that's just like high action, even though the action's not as well choreographed as like the monster stuff. It's just kind of like, it does seem like it goes on for a long time. Cindy, how'd you like it? I'm I'm with Jeff. I really do like this film. I haven't seen it in a long time. It's fun. However, um, Martin does make a good point that towards the end, the cutting back and forth between uh, the kids constantly running to try to find a way out of the pyramid and the battle outside, that was possibly a little bit too long. Uh, they could have tightened it up a little bit towards the end so it didn't seem quite so drawn out. Yeah. I think, I mean, the positive things I have to say about the film is that it's, the story, while a little heavy-handed, as far as, like, it starts out saying pollution is what's creating these things in a sense, but then you find out that's really not what the deal is, and the story could use a little sprucing up. But what I did like is I liked that it was inventive, um, specifically uh, the way they had the the underground empire, not underground, but the underwater empire of uh, Mu. I can't remember the the name they called it, but I'm a big fan of like Atlantis type things, like you know, in Atragon and other movies. This one had that, and I was glad to see it resurface. And I really, really liked the design involved. So like. Both the exterior, like you were talking about, of the pyramid, and the interior, I thought, for the most part, was really cool. And I was amazed that some of that stuff was just huge sets. Uh, now, I did think that the the director or, or whoever it was that made the decision was really bold in the amount of CG work that they did, considering the... Uh, I, I don't know what the budget was, but it... I mean, it wasn't the best CG work that was out there, but there was a very large amount of it. And to have the amount that they did, that was all a pretty big risk. You know, they had to really risk that that you would stay focused on the story and the action and all of the reasons that were going on there. And and this was 95 or 96? Ninety-seven for this one. Not 97 for this one. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, if you if you go back... 13 years ago, and you look at anybody that had a low budget, which I mean, when I talk about low budget, I guess anybody that had less than $10 million for a film, I don't know. I don't know what a a, a film like this would cost. I mean, that CG stuff is not cheap to do, and it's very difficult to do. And, and uh, so I, I thought that was kind of a bold move on their part. But I would argue the fact that there is no story to this one. I think there's a premise, but I really, that was my beef is that I don't really feel like there's a story. I don't think they ever give you a beginning, a middle, and an end. I don't think they actually create any real antagonists and protagonists. I don't think that there's, nobody saves the cat. Uh, there's no, uh, you know, dark time of the soul. There's no, the end you know, like even the enemies closing in part was just like Keystone cop stuff that was going on. And I mean, it is a very, it is a very immature film. I mean, and like I, I warned everybody before, like this is when I say it's made for kids, this is not 
a movie for 12 year olds this is a movie for little kids like who eight year olds i'd say eight year olds at the max you know yeah. i mean having a go-go is like you can just see like let's put let's design this looks like gizmo Mm-hmm. from gremlins and we can sell a whole lot of these things <laughs> you know yeah i don't think they ever capitalized on the plush go-go though yeah because i thought you know they could capitalize on the little kid market and then sell the you know dagara and mothra to to the big kids the big kids <laughs> uh so jeff you know since you have the microphone let's talk about the mothra transformation the aqua mothra yeah that's very cool i think i like aqua mothra aqua because, mothra you know, looks cool yeah, yeah, and and it's a, you know, because Mothra before never was able to, you know, change an outfit or didn't change designs. You know what I mean? Costume change, change. her wings or anything like that. But uh, they did from the Showa series to the Heisei series. Yeah, yeah, and but, then from the you know, but this, this uh, you know, in this film, you know, Mothra has three different looks basically. You know, the 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 way she looks. At the beginning of the film, or halfway through, then Rainbow Mothra, and then Aqua Mothra. It's M- Mothra Leo. This is a different Mothra. So what happens is this Mothra is hatched from the previous film. And I believe, I believe if I recall, it's uh, Mothra Leo is a, is a male through this whole series. I just have it built in my head that it's a female from... Godzilla, you know, from the Godzilla series. Right, right. <laughs> so it's just, you know. No, it does make, I mean, you 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 tend to think, I mean, I, I always think of Mothra as female. I, I forget all about Mothra Leo. The green, you know, sprinkles of green in the in the wings and so forth. Maybe that's more masculine over there. I don't know. Yeah, um, but yeah, I thought Aqua Mothra was, uh, was neat and cool. I, I mean, listen to this. Who other than Moses can part the sea, right? <laughs> and, and I love it how the sea is only, what, about 25 feet deep? Yeah. <laughs> Except in the battle sea. Yeah. yeah. I, I, like, I like how the, I, you know, in, and I could poke a lot of fun at this film. You well, know? yeah. I mean, you could do but that in almost any Godzilla film, totally. really, if you wanted to, if you're looking. This one did have a little more. This one turned it up to 11 for me. But I will say that... Uh, I was very surprised that those those kids and the young adults felt so comfortable just standing there while the sea was spraying yeah. up on either side of them. They just stood there and watched the fight. watched the battle. And I was like, you know, if if Mothra had parted the sea for me, I would probably move a little faster towards the because towards the land. Mothra could get distracted, and then the sea would. <laughs> You know, crash back down upon them. And, you know, these guys might not know Mothra so much, so that actually could, <laughs> she could be defeated too. You never know. I mean, how do you know that's, that is going to stay? But, uh, you know, Martin's right in the fact that, you know, it is very, it's a very safe film. That you, n- you never really once feel like anybody's really threatened except Mothra, you know. But, uh, yeah, it's just like, and, and like when I brought up a little bit before about how, Every male in this film is kind of pretty much treated like a buffoon. You know, it's like the little girl who's pretty much, you know, on top of things. Her two little friends are, you know, kind of keystone copish. And like those, and then the two... uh, The villains. The the, the two villains, I guess if you could call them villains. The henchmen 
Um, whatever, just, you know, bumbling morons as well. The henchman with the heart of gold. Yes. And what's with the uh, the t-shirts? Did you see that? The the little kid has an Oakland Athletics t-shirt and one of them else, and then the one of the other henchmen has like a Coca-Cola t-shirt. Have you ever seen the t-shirts in Japan? Oh, you have to go see uh there's a website called english.com. You ha- yeah. It's it's amazing. I I remember seeing things in uh in Japan and they're just the w- really really weird English sayings on t-shirts and Japanese people buy them. Well, at least they used to. So uh I guess you know, Cindy, do you have a problem with any of the the transformation stuff? Or do you I mean, we both talked about this like Aquamothra look, looks cool. No, I actually love the transformation stuff. This has actually got the, my two favorite Mothra designs, the Rainbow Mothra and the Aqua. And well, I Martin, you might want to skip uh, Mothra 3 for Battle Armor Mothra. Well, I, I didn't say there was anything wrong with, with the designs of Mothra. And, I mean, they were designed really well. And uh, X-Wing Flying Fish Mothra was pretty, uh, was pretty cool looking. I did get lost in the sudden like rogue squadron x-wing yeah we, we flying that. fish group that the trench run, you know yeah. yeah the trench run down the throat all of a sudden did you know there was a there was a couple of trench runs you probably there's uh three different sequences in this movie that are trench runs in here because when they're inside the pyramid there's another trench run that goes on inside of there so there was a i noticed there was a lot of like crazy flying i could never get a handle on where those kids were in the pyramid there was a well I now I stand corrected not trench run but um Millennium Falcon oh, the uh, interior, return of yeah. the Jedi Death Star Death Star run where they're like going through all of yeah so yeah. um no I thought the the Mothra designs were really well and one of the things I noticed is uh the very first Mothra when he crashes down on top of the pyramid I don't know what size he is what scale that is but when they do those close up shots you can actually see all of those little starfish sucker things all over those brown clusters. They have close-up show. You know, you can see all of the little detail of those little starfish in there. That was really well done. I don't. Again, I don't know the scale on that. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know that Mothra scale. They might have built a bigger one, but I did notice and I recognized that they got in really, really close. Probably closer than any other Mothra movie I've ever mm-hmm. seen. With the exception of maybe like a shot or two from the Heisei Mothra or the Showa Mothra. But they, they did do the detail on that. But then one of the things I noticed is while Mothra was down before regenerated Mothra, um, when Dagara comes up and like grabs the wing and bites all that stuff, they didn't show any kind of damage. Like there wasn't any kind of damage that happened to that particular Mothra. You know, one thing about Dagara is it's hard to really kind of get a grasp of what he really looks like because he's because he looks kind of really uncomfortable when he's stomping around the city you know what i mean like is like it can't like he looks part bird like part fish like part frog like Uh, yeah yeah it's kind of like you don't really get a full but he can fly so you can kind of get that like they look like wings you know what that surprised me i completely forgot that the garlic could fly because i always just considered it to be just a purely aquatic monster yeah but he can fly, and he's land, sea, and air. The triple threat. Yeah, that's right. Gotta watch out. But his design's pretty cool, but you just kind of wish you could get a better kind of look at it. Really, what does he really look like? I thought the starfish things looked pretty gross. 
as things were icky. The and the the design was really cool, but I I have to say I um for whatever reason when I see like the shoulder mounted rocket launching deal off of him, I uh, I don't know why like I can sit there and watch them shoot lightning bolts out of their foreheads and eyes and whatever else, but the fact that he's got like shoulder you know, cannons, his acne shoulder burst, yeah, it's like the pores open up and I I don't know, and then when he like turns into Ultra him. You know, and the the great big giant pods grow out of his shoulders, and so he's got like the ultra mega shoulder cannons. Yeah. Did anything else? Did you guys notice anything other than the shoulder cannons and the head spikes getting bigger on Degarla for the? They focused a lot more on his back shooting. <laughs> no, um, you know, one thing we should touch upon a little bit is. Go go in his like magic urine that he has. Yeah, I have to say that is kind I of have bizarre. No idea, no idea why that was in there. It's it's it, it, it's bizarre. It seems really out of place for this, you know, basically a kids' film. I mean, you don't, I, I you can don't understand. Think it would seem out of place in like a normal Godzilla film. <laughs> well, you could accept it, but I mean, I mean, I can see like oh, kids would just crack up. Like, oh, he's peeing on him, you know. <laughs> Like that first time for the knee kind of thing, you know, for the knees. Like, oh, yeah. magic pee. But then he like pees on the guy's, you know, On face. the camera, right? He yeah, pees, pees on the on camera. The, on it's the, POV. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well played, Martin. POV. Yeah. And did you notice that right after that scene when you saw them all running down the hallway, not only were they healed... All their clothes were clean. There were no blood stains on anything. Go go heels all. (laughs) Sparkly vampires. Nice, nice. Anyway, um, you know, I I got, I like I said, you know, I thought some of the the design aspects of this film really stood out as being stronger than a lot of the rest of the film. Um, But I, I really do enjoy the amount of work they put into the action scenes. Well, and their and their sets, um, you know, though again, like trying to do the whole CGI thing, those those sets weren't cheap, uh, you know, and they, you could tell that they were reusing angles or they were shooting around different angles and all of that stuff, but still, like they were climbing around on those those big ornamental pieces where they uh, had the to statues. put the stones back yeah. into there and all of that in those hallways. I mean, that was all stuff that they built. You know, and and did well. I thought those were pretty cool. So aside from uh, the Star Wars trench run stuff, there was a very Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones kind of thing going yeah. on here. Specifically, Temple of Doom for the stones. Last Crusade. Last Crusade for the Invisible Bridge. Yep. And then there was just you know, in general, just kind of like that whole mystical pyramid of of yesteryear kind of thing going on, and I guess Alien. A little bit with the um, the alien eggs, the starfish sort of did the yeah. same thing at the top. What comes? They just spit on you, right? Is that that's when that opens up? They just spit on you. Yeah, the one fisherman who got like sprayed in the face or whatever, and he got taken away by the ambulance. Yeah, and that's like the only real. That's like the only person you saw who ever really got hurt. <laughs> By anything, I know Degar went wild in the city for a little bit, but he never really saw much. Yeah, well, kids film, you know. Yeah, yeah. And at the time, Toho 
Toho was not showing any um any human casualties from the Godzilla the Godzilla series. Either. Yeah, yeah. And and these films were made in the break between between 95 Yeah, and, they and were made at the same so. time. Like so 1997 which we haven't watched it here yet and I think Cindy and Jeff have probably seen this but Gamera 2 is made the same year and in my opinion which you know take it for what it's worth in my opinion Gamera 2 has like way 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 better effects and I would not be surprised if Gamera 2 costs less than Mothra 2 yeah but I think it's you know pretty obvious that this whole Mothra trilogy was made for for kids but yes definitely made for kids Let's wrap this up. Final thoughts, Jeff. Would you consider? Uh, would you show this to your buddies to try and get them to like Mothra? No. <laughs> <laughs> I would show this to purists. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, I would show it to my kids, sure, because they'd get a kick out of it. I think. But you know, if someone who's never been exposed to, uh, you know, kaiju monsters or anything like that, I I just really think this is not really a film you want to introduce them. Yeah, to, you know, to, I considered. I did consider actually inviting some kids over to see this while we were watching it, just to sort of like have us observe their reactions while we're watching it. But the fact that we watched a subtitled version of it, I thought would be kind of lame. They probably wouldn't enjoy that so much. Yeah, but there's really, What's like happening? I said, there's, there's there's not a whole hell of a lot of dialogue in this at all, especially like the last half. Right on. So, Martin, final thoughts on this film. Um, I'm sure there, there are purists that are going to hate me for it, but to me, this one is, this is a riff track one. This is like, if I was to have people that were of my age, this would be a 12 pack of beer and just like, yeah, Ginsu the sucker, you know, just do it that way. You might want to scoot away from Jeff. I think he's going to hit you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How about you, Cindy? Uh, Last final thoughts. Anything else you want to say about the film? I still I still like it. It's still a fun movie for me. Um, Jeff Wright, I would not show this to anybody who has never seen a kaiju film. This is not the first thing you want to show them. But if you have kids, it's perfect. You don't have to worry about, hey, somebody gets eaten. You know, somebody's going to object to the violence, to the language. There's enough humor for kids and a lot of action for them. And I still like Mothra. Right on. Well, I guess my final thoughts on the film would be that I don't hold this one very very high but i am not judging it as as i would you know the first godzilla film or any of the heisei series really uh, except in terms of you know special effects and i thought the special effects were okay cgi work like you talked about martin sometimes i felt it was a little tiny bit distracting um sometimes more most often i felt like this is sort of like out of the box cgi stuff you'd have like uh when they were saying that gogo was putting stuff on the computer and fairy Mothra was going to transmit it to the twins or sorry, the cosmos alias. And they'd held their hands out. And then they had that sort of like warp effect go over the, you know, and kind of into their hands. I was like, that looks like they saw that on a menu and said, we'd like that one, you know, please apply that to this scene or we'll write a scene so we can use that. And, um, in general, I, I would not suggest this to anybody, but I, I, I'd i be interested to see how small children react to this today, maybe a dubbed version or something. But 
No, I I definitely would not suggest it. I actually kind of liken it to the original Gamera, the tone of the original Gamera series. Whimsical, but maybe updated for 1997. Anyway, that's, uh, that's going to do it. Thank you guys very much for hanging out and watching Mothra 2 in the all-new Kaiju Cast headquarters. And uh, I would say let's hear what other folks had to say, but we only had one one user submission this this month. So here we go. Normally I have to paraphrase and grab little quotes from these, but congratulations go to Robert because you're the only person to submit something. And I'm because of that, I'm going to read the whole thing, man. I'll begin with what I like about Rebirth of Mothra 2, the Mothra designs. These are fantastic, especially when she morphs into the four-winged version. I've read reviews criticizing the cuddly-looking Mothra, but I find her suits in this whole trilogy to be the most aesthetically pleasing out of any other film in which she is featured. Unfortunately, that doesn't redeem this movie, which seems to be an amalgam of other movie concepts that never gels together properly. The monster Degara looks like a conglomeration of Space Godzilla and Destroya. The Gogo is definitely a Furby. <laughs> and the bumbling bad guys remind me of Skull and Bulk from the Power Rangers which I never thought of that, man, but you're right. There are elements of Raiders of the Lost Ark and Temple of Doom thrown in, which, of course, we mentioned, along with endless running through corridors, just like a bad episode of Doctor Who. When Mothra splits into several entities and flies into, into Degara, I thought I was playing Vanguard on my Atari. Overall, this film is not as good as the first Rebirth of Mothra, yet definitely better than the dismal third entry. And then he goes on to say he can't wait for October when Mechagodzilla happens which is his favorite movie and of course october <laughs> i was just talking about uh rearranging that one with uh, martin so maybe maybe november we'll see we'll see uh hey everybody don't forget the next month's assignment is the original 1961 mothra film if you haven't picked it up this movie was released as part of sony's icons of sci-fi series and it is packaged with battle in outer space and the h-man it's truly a deal if there ever was one so go and get it it's a great movie, and uh, I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Don't forget to send those in. So let's do a little bit of news. This is United Nations reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from Japan. Over on SciFiJapan.com, Daisuke Ishizuka has a write-up of a small press event where veteran suit actor Haruo Nakajima released his book, Kaiju Jinsei, which translates into Kaiju Life. According to the article, not only does this recap his time spent playing Godzilla, but monsters such as Rodan, Gomez, and a lot of other monster movies that I had no idea he took a part in. Uh, there are a number of photos in the book as well, and I'll have the link to the article in the show notes and hopefully I can get a copy of the book, even though it'll be entirely in Japanese. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's really all the news I have. So <laughs> if, uh, if you haven't listened to it, I was a special guest on, last, on the last episode of the Tokyo SOS podcast where we talked at length about Ghidra, the three-headed monster, and Godzilla vs. Monster Zero. I'll put a direct link to that episode in the notes as well. And thanks again to Thomas and Jesse for letting me invade their territory and fulfill my need to talk about my favorite Showa-era film. Also, keep an eye out for a video unboxing of the Aoshima, Atragon, and Major Cannon. I uh, 
I need to do some mild editing to those, but they're beautiful pieces, and I'm really glad to have them in my collection. If you missed my post on Facebook uh, at the time of this recording, Hobby Link Japan has both of them listed for 70% off the original price, which means I got both shipped to my house for less than it would have cost to buy one of them brand new. Woot! Also, uh, I'll add uh, that link to Hobby Link Japan uh, just to flesh out the show notes a little bit more. So with nothing else to talk about, that really just finishes up everything we got going on for this month. Thanks to Martin, Jeff, and Cindy for hanging out and watching the film. And special thanks go out to Robert to writing in and uh, to Martin again for being my guest this month. Hey, I <laughs> love being here, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, if you found this podcast on iTunes or some other podcast directory, don't hesitate to point your web browser to kaijucast.com where you can download current episodes and previous episodes and check out the suggested reading, show notes, the schedule for the Daikaiju discussions, and cast your vote in the polls. Speaking of, I need to come up with a good new poll. Got any ideas for me, man? A good new poll. Yeah, you know, like, um, what... Uh, what monster is the best villain or something like that? I don't know. I I had one up. I can't remember what the last one was, but I didn't really have any good inspiration for this next one. What about flying ones? Like who's who's the, the kick butt flying monster of all of the flying ones? <laughs> there really is no contest. No need for a poll on that one, Rodan. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll do that. Uh, anyway, as, uh, as always, I do love hearing from everybody. So if you'd like to make a comment, positive or negative, reply to something I said, point out an error, or simply supply your thoughts for next month's homework assignment, just send an email to controller at kaijucast.com. I would love to hear from you. Also, I just wanted to say real quick, thank you to everyone who wrote iTunes reviews for me. I think it might have actually helped. I searched for Godzilla under iTunes, and uh, I came up on the first page of results from podcasts. So, woohoo! Thank you very much. I really, really, really appreciate it. The Kaiju Cast is also on the Facebook and the Twitter. Both links can be found on the website. I am going to leave you with just one more lovely tune by the master, Akira Fukube. This is the Fury of the Three Monsters from Godzilla vs. Monster Zero. Jamata! Jamata!